I love talking to you people. This is a great, great congregation because you are so responsive. Nancy and I are, are always amazed at the end of Jason's sermon when he uh, says, are there any comments or questions? And this, uh, you give him those answers and questions. It's amazing uh, how that uh, fills the sermon. Sometimes there are things that the congregation says that uh, really uh, fill out the, con- uh, the uh, sermon, makes it even more meaningful. Also, I love the worship team. As you know, uh, Nancy and I were away uh, for two months of the winter, and uh, we were away for yeah about two months, and almost every Sunday we were in a small church, a rural church, and they were they had good uh, uh, traditional music, gospel music. It was great, but I couldn't help but think, man, our worship team is so much better than theirs. <laughs> And I want to give us a, them a hand right now. There's a story of a young preacher who was single and who was invited to a family for dinner. And uh, the day that he was to come, the little five-year-old girl said, Mommy, can I set the table? And she said, Yeah, you could set the table as long as you do it right. So when the fella came and uh, he was sitting at the table and loading up his plate, uh, he was looking around and, and, uh, and the mother said, well, what's, what's wrong? Well, I don't seem to have a knife or a spoon or a fork here. Oh, Amy, how come you didn't give him a, a knife, a fork, and a spoon? And she said, well, I didn't give him a knife and a fork and a spoon because you said he ate like a horse. <laughs> This morning, uh, I want to talk about a very close friend of mine, uh, George. Uh, I mentioned him in the men's breakfast yesterday. He was my close neighbor. Uh, He's a friend for about 20 years. Uh, Let me give you a bit of history. He came from the Czech Republic about... uh, 50 years ago, uh, 60 years ago probably, he came with his wife and uh, uh, he came because the the Czech Republic was becoming communist and he wanted out of there. So he came to Canada and uh, as it happens, he went to Edmonton, which it seems like an unlikely place to go to. Uh, But anyway, he made it work. Uh, He's a hard worker. He started off uh, uh, working on the... uh, CN Railroad, uh, pick and shovel, and uh, uh, he would tinker with uh, the engine, and uh, uh, he worked his way up so that eventually he became the engineer on the railroad. Uh, So most of his working life, he was with the CN Railroad. Um, And now he was retired, and uh, actually, I I think uh, they have a good uh, benefit system, good pension. I often used to tell him that, man, I think if I had my life to do over again, I'd join the CN Railroad because uh, they give a really good pension. Anyway, um, we were close friends. He attended the church we did in Caslow for about 11 years. Uh, But uh, in 2011, I 
we had a young pastor come who uh, virtually destroyed the church. He, uh, he uh, called out a lot of people, uh, uh, virtually kicked people out of the church, including George and his wife. They were Catholic, and so they, they went to the Catholic church. They were comfortable there, and, and that was fine. Um, anyway, uh, he continued to be in my small group, and he had been in that group for about 14 years. Uh, every week, uh, he was a man who would read the scriptures and understand. Uh, he was just a great Christian brother. Uh, I know Dan Knight yesterday talked about a band of brothers. Um, and uh, I think uh, I would like to pursue that topic. Um, but anyway, certainly George was uh, my Christian brother. Last November, he lost his wife to cancer, and uh, that was devastating, as it often is. Uh, a spouse, uh, when a, a spouse loses the other one, often it uh, is devastating, and uh, it means that uh, they are now seeking for other meaning in their lives. Last weekend, uh, Nancy and I came home uh, on Saturday afternoon, and uh, and found that there was an ambulance next door. And sure enough, George had had chest pains. And uh, so they, they took him into Nelson. They stabilized him there. And uh, then after church last Sunday, uh, we went into Nelson to visit him. And uh, he was in good spirits. Uh, he had oxygen. Um, and he was feeling good. There was no pain anymore. And, and they informed him that they thought that they would take him to Kelowna. Uh, on Monday, uh, so that he could have a procedure, the angioplasty, and so on. Anyway, uh, uh, they didn't do that because on Monday morning he had another heart attack, and uh, shortly after he died. And so we heard that news on the Monday, and it was very shocking to us. Um, we just uh, could hardly believe that our friend from next door was going to be lost, so that he was gone now. Um, so I'd like to uh, just uh, reflect uh, the first part of my message here is to, uh, to tell you some things that George taught me. First of all, he taught me to do good. For many years, George would try to find someone that he could do a good deed for. He called it the good deed of the day. He did all kinds of things. He used to change oil for people, uh, replace brakes. He was somewhat of a mechanic. Uh, he fixed lawnmowers. He helped people cut their wood. Uh, and, he, and he certainly removed the snow from our driveway uh, and the neighbor's driveways. For 18 years he did that. It was amazing. Uh, when it ever snowed, um, there he was. Um, I got a scripture that relates to that. Rick, maybe you can put it up. Matthew 5:16. there it is. In the same way, brothers, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's the effect, that when you do good deeds people can point to God and say, glory to God, 
for what this person is doing. Good deeds, good works. That's what George taught me. Secondly, he taught me to be more like Jesus. He, uh, since November, he, uh, He uh, received a book from the Catholic Church. Uh, apparently they handed out this book to all their members. But uh, he was seeking, and so he really studied that book. Um, remember, he lost his wife, and he was looking for other meaning in his life. So he studied that book, and then one day at uh, our Bible study, he said, you know what I've learned from this is the lesson that we should be more like Jesus. He was seeking to be more like Jesus. He was looking for meaning uh, in his life after he lost his spouse. And you can't beat that as one of the answers. Uh, Nancy and I quite often go to, uh, when, we, when we go on a mission trip, it's usually for the organization called Youth with a Mission. And uh, when we go, they call us uh, mission builders. Uh, that's our function. We're, we're volunteers behind the scenes. We do a lot of things to make things uh, uh, work uh, for the majority of people at the base. And usually, almost always, we're the only mission builders on the base. So, and we've become accustomed to that. We, we go there and do whatever, and we do it... Uh, by ourselves. But in this, this past uh, mission base in Florida, there were a lot of mission builders. In fact, at one point, there were nine or ten of us, all older, by the way. And some of these people admittedly said that the reason they were there was that they wanted to be uh, useful in God's kingdom. They wanted to do something in their latter years. Uh, they could afford it now. Um, Possibly they didn't have the best health to do it, but they did what they could. And uh, that was a blessing to Nancy and I to have the, these people beside us working. Well, that's what George uh, was like as well. He wanted to have meaning in his life. And the uh, thing that he picked up on was to become more like Jesus. So there are two lessons that come out of this. One is to do good deeds. And secondly, to become more like Jesus.